This is Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition from WGCU. I'm John Davis. Thanks for joining us. Last year's tragic loss of incomparable trumpet player Dan Miller has left a huge void in the jazz world. His storied performing career included performing and recording with some giants in the industry, including his friend Harry Connick Jr., Wynton Marsalis, Maynard Ferguson, Tom Jones, Branford Marsalis, Jimmy Heath, and the Duke Ellington Orchestra, to name just a few. Miller also accrued a number of impressive television appearances, performing with Harry Connick Jr., including on NBC's Tonight Show with hosts Johnny Carson and Jay Leno, NBC Late Night with Conan O'Brien, NBC's Christmas at Rockefeller Center, The Today Show, The 33rd annual Grammy Awards, The Late Show with David Letterman on CBS, ABC's Good Morning America, PBS Great Performances, The Arsenio Hall Show, and even performed at a Super Bowl. Locally, Dan Miller delighted audiences at venues throughout Southwest Florida, perhaps most notably his Thursday night standing gigs at the Barrel Room in downtown Fort Myers with music collaborators and friends like saxophonist Lou Delgado. Dan Miller was also a passionate educator, having taught improv classes in the jazz studio at the University of Central Florida School of Performing Arts. He founded and directed the Naples Philharmonic Youth Jazz Orchestra, and he mentored a number of budding young jazz musicians with one-on-one lessons. Last August, Dan Miller died suddenly of a heart attack. He was just in his early 50s. And now musicians, loved ones, and friends are converging on Southwest Florida for a tribute concert being called a Celebration of Love and Life. The event includes some three dozen musicians and friends performing and sharing their remembrances. It takes place Sunday, February 12th at 2 p.m. at North Naples Church on Goodlett Frank Road North in Naples. The concert is free and open to the public. This week, I caught up with Dan Miller's longtime significant other, Judy Woods. We explored some of her remembrances of Dan Miller, previewed this weekend's tribute concert, and talked about efforts to continue his legacy through the Dan Miller Jazz Foundation. Let's hear that conversation now. I know you were longtime partners with Dan Miller. How long were you together, and and how did you get together? Do you remember the first time you met Dan or or heard him perform? Of course I do. Of course I do. Uh, Dan and I were uh, together for over 14 years. Dan was my sweetheart, my soulmate, my best friend. You know, um, I'm a music lover, even before I met Dan, and I was, oh, about 16 years ago, I was listening to music out at... Ellington's on Sanibel, and this wonderful tune was played. It was a ballad, tenderly. And I heard the music, closed my eyes, it touched my heart, touched my soul, and something happened. And after Dan finished playing that tune, he came over to the table, introduced himself, and the rest is just a wonderful love story. I imagine you probably got to spend a lot of time on the road with Dan. He toured quite a bit. I did. You know, um, Dan toured a lot before I knew him. You know, Dan was a a massive trumpeter, and he played with uh, wonderful people like uh, Maynard Ferguson and Harry Connick Jr. and Tom Jones and Wynton Marsalis. That was before I knew Dan. And his traveling and traveling around the world kind of ended when he moved to Florida. He did a lot of traveling around the country, but he moved to Florida to take care of his parents. He's a wonderful man, not only a great trumpet player and musician, mentor, and teacher, but he had a very strong love of family. And he took care of both his dad, who has passed, and his mom, who is still with us. During that period of time, Dan did a lot of traveling around Florida. We would be in the car. We had a lot of fun. 
<laughs> right. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't want to dwell, you know, really at all on the circumstances of his death, but I understand the heart attack came after the two of you had just returned from a trip to New Orleans. Do you remember anything specific about that trip? Oh, we had a wonderful time. You know, every year Dan and I went on a vacation and uh, we would always talk about going to different places, but it always would end up in New Orleans because of all of the music and all the friends Dan had there. So we went and we had a wonderful time and we visited all his good friends who are jazz musicians that they played with and a long time ago and traveled on the road with, with uh, Harry Connick and Whitten Marsalis, all of those wonderful people. Anyway, when Dan and I went to New Orleans this last time, we had a, you know, just a, always a terrific time hearing music, going out to eat fabulous food. And uh, we took a road trip, of course, and uh, stopped along the way different places and went to all our special spots. And uh, we came home after a wonderful 10-day vacation, and uh, Dan was fine. He wasn't sick. Everything was good. He was, I made lunch for his mom on Friday. And uh, I spoke with him earlier in the day, and I was coming over to bring him soup. And uh, he had a lesson, a Zoom lesson at 4 o'clock. And um, he went to his room after he made lunch for his mom, and he laid down, and he was gone. You know, it was just uh, uh, only saving grace about all of that is that Dan didn't suffer. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, he was called home to the big jazz concert in the heavens so we'll all miss him forever but um we had a wonderful time before we always had a wonderful time yeah well said well you know you had touched on you know some career highlights playing with other living jazz greats like Wynton marsalis harry connick jr maynard ferguson tom jones lending his virtuosity to their recordings but also performing with like the Duke Ellington Orchestra, Bradford Marsalis, Jimmy Heath. I mean, really too many to name. Uh, <laughs> bands on The Tonight Show under both Jimmy Carson and Jay Leno. Television events, like a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, and looking yep. <laughs> back on, on everything he accomplished, what are you most proud about? And what do you think Dan was most proud about? I think that's a good question. I think Dan is a very humble, I know Dan. He's a very humble man. And I think his life with his family was very important to him. And his students were incredibly important. I think he was proud of the fact that he was able to teach and mentor and guide so many young people and give them the tools they needed to be good musicians. He always talked to them about their families, talked about sports, talked about a lot of things with them. But I think the most proud, if you ask me what Dan was the most proud of, I think it was the fact that he was able to pass his passion and brilliance of the trumpet and, me, and jazz music on to young people. I, I know he loved that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, that, that passionate educator aspect to him. Uh, founder and director of the Naples Philharmonic Youth Jazz Orchestra, teaching improvisation classes at the University of Central Florida School for Performing Arts Jazz Studio. Um, did you get to witness him much with students? What was he like when he jumped into oh, that my. educator role? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. As a matter of fact, you know, I went to all the events that he had up at the university and 
it's funny because uh, Dan and I spent a lot of time together, and many times when he was at my house, he might have a lesson. And a lot of them were done on Zoom during COVID, and they continued to do them on Zoom. It was a really great way to do it. And I would meet a lot of his students on Zoom. I'd walk by, hello, and Dan would talk to me about his students and about the different, uh, how excited he was that they were learning and that they were practicing. That was Dan's big deal, practice, practice, practice. If you want to play, you got to practice. So, yes, I was able to go and meet a lot of the students, know a lot of the students uh, through uh, various different venues that he, he uh, led and performed in himself. Yeah, I, I'm curious if, if some of his students who, you know, were with him long enough that, you know, they became adult performers themselves and maybe got to share a stage with Dan a time or two. Oh, yes. You know, it's really funny. I was just looking through some pictures. Um, we're doing his celebration of love and life this coming weekend. And then we're doing, there's going to be a lot of pictures and videos and everything. And I had a great picture of one of his young students who is now really on his way to being one of the jazz greats. His name is Brandon Goldberg. He's a pianist, jazz pianist. And um, uh, Dan met him when he was about 10. <laughs> and he was uh, doing a performance, and he said to some of the people, he goes, I, I, I don't want you to be surprised, but this, uh, one of these young people is uh, 10 years old, and he's now, uh, Brandon's now 16, and he's quite a famous, well-accomplished jazz musician. And Dan taught him and mentored him for many, many years. And his other students, Nathaniel Williford is no, another one of Dan's students who is a trumpet player well on his way to being a jazz great. And there's a number of other ones. Those two come into my mind right away. Well, I want to get to this uh, upcoming weekend celebration here in a minute. But first, Dan played at venues all over the world, of course, and all over Southwest Florida. But locally, do you think it'd be fair to say performances at the Barrel Room in downtown Fort Myers would have been his favorite? The Barrel Room in particular, it just seems the most authentic venue in terms of being reminiscent of what comes to mind when you think of like a traditional jazz club you are 100 percent right the barrel room was a place where dan he loved to play there and one of the main reasons he loved to play there there was no restrictions they could play the jazz they could as dan said shout it out they could do whatever they want if dan wanted to have a guest come and play with them on the stage there was you know no, like i said no restrictions that was i think his favorite place he played of course, Artist Naples with Lou Delgado and the rest of all that jazz group, uh, he loved that also. That was a, more of a concert. The Barrel Room was a jazz club. You're right. We had a lot of good times down there, and a lot of people, a lot of people got to know and see jazz and love it through dance playing. I count myself among them. Oh, many a Thursday nights there. Thank you, Dan, for that. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Sunday's tribute concert at North Naples Church. Um, you, you know, you're calling this a, a celebration of love and life. What yes. what prompted you to, maybe not just you, but, but to do this now? Well, Dan's passing was very difficult on all of us. Shock and difficult. And I think emotions had to settle a little bit before we decided to pull people together. And also we needed to give time to other friends and musicians around the country that want to participate in the celebration of love. And that's what Dan was all about, you know, it's all about Dan's love and Dan's music. So 
Um, see, it's funny, when we originally planned this, uh, I had no idea it was the same day as the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, but gosh. It's really kind of, it's really kind of ironic because Dan loved the Super Bowl. And as you said, he, he played one time at the Super Bowl. And uh, it was funny when Dan and I would watch the Super Bowl. I, I'd like to watch the Puppy Bowl. So we'd switch yes. between the Super Bowl and the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dan always humored me. I, I'm telling you, he was a wonderful, wonderful man. But what prompted all of this is that I think it's important for us to all have a time to come together to celebrate a wonderful life, a wonderful man who we all miss so much. And I know Dan would want us to be joyful, and he would love the music, but that's exactly what we've done. Lou Delgato and Steve Bellarante have worked <laughs> endlessly at putting the music together. Steve is the director at the church where we're having the event, and um, everybody there has just been so gracious and kind. And Lou and Kate Delgado have been in touch with all the musicians and all the artists that are coming to perform, and there are some who cannot come that have sent videos. So it's really going to be quite a quite a celebration, and the main reason is to continue to let Dan's light shine on all of us, and to let him know that he will always be loved and never forgotten. Yeah, I mean, it's you've a got... bittersweet moment for me and for all of us. But we are um, grateful for the church and for all the people that are coming, and especially to Dan for leaving the legacy that he has left us. Yeah. I miss him terribly, I've got to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Well, in addition to all the great music that's going to be part of this celebration, will there be other aspects, maybe people offering, you know, verbal remembrances? Oh, yes. You know, you know, we, um, we developed a new website for Dan. Uh, we took his old website and revamped it with friends of his from around the country, actually one of his original roommates from uh, Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Billy Clinkenbeard is his name, and he helped work for months on putting this new website together. And on the website, we have a, a tribute page so people can you know, write something about Dan, which is really a lot of fun. And at the event, we have different people who knew Dan very well, speaking, and like I said, we have videos from people who could not attend, like Harry Connick Jr. is on his way to, I think he's on his way to Australia right now, and he couldn't come, but mm. he and Dan were... Not only did, you know, Dan play in his band, but he and Harry were good friends. And uh, so Harry sent a nice video tribute. So beyond, besides the wonderful, wonderful music that's going to be played, all of Dan's favorite tunes, uh, besides that, we are going to have some speakers and we're going to have some videos and uh, also introduce and remind people about Dan's foundation. Is, is this something anybody can attend? Is this going to be open to the public? It, it is. This event is open. You know, the, I, I encourage people to come early to get seated because we expect a number of people to be there. Yes, people have emailed me and asked me, do I need to get a ticket? No. Just show up with your love and know that you're going to have a wonderful time hearing music and hearing people talk about our beloved band. Yeah, yeah, and, and and you had just mentioned this other venture you're taking up in, in honor of Dan's Miller uh, memory, the Dan Miller Jazz Foundation. Tell me about the foundation. What's what's the goal here? Well, you know, um, after Dan passed, one of his best friends, Bill Dowling, and I were chatting about. Oh my goodness, you know, Dan did so much for the youth and so much 
to help young people not only get lessons and instruments, but help them, you know, even he did recommendations to get them into college and they got scholarships. I'm just really incredible, incredible work. So we were talking, but we can't let this end. So we decided to develop this uh, Dan Miller Jazz Foundation where we will be awarding scholarships to young musicians in need to help them with lessons, jazz camps, and instruments, and more to continue their journey to become jazz musicians. You know, when, when we offer these scholarships, they're not going to be financial awards to students, but we will have a group of musicians, jazz musicians, or friends of dance from all over the country teaching these lessons. And if they choose to be paid, that's where the money will go. Money will also go to instruments and for jazz camps. And the kids will have to decide that they really want to do this by signing a pledge that they will do what Dan would insist upon, practice, practice, practice. Right, right. So if young students are interested in pursuing jazz music, they will be able to have lessons and more to help them. And they, in turn, will have to show up, practice, and express their love of jazz by doing what would be expected from them. There's a tremendous outpouring of love for Dan and also from a lot of musicians across the country that say, hey, you know, I want to be a part of this foundation. I want to teach. I want to donate instruments. I want to help these kids pursue their love and passion for jazz music. Yeah, it sounds like the foundation still kind of in its conceptual phases, too. We're just going to see this grow as we go on, right? Oh, you know, it, it, it is growing. You know, it started off um, slow. It started off with an idea, you know, and an idea, if it's a good idea, and if it's sound, if it's based in integrity and passion, and if there's a reason for it, it grows. And that's exactly what's happening right now. And I, you know, we all expect this to grow. We, we don't want Dan's light to go out. Well, Judy Woods, I offer my belated condolences on losing Dan, and I just want to express, you know, my gratitude for all the times that I got to experience him perform and how that has enriched my own life. And and just thanks to you and and his other loved ones for all the work you're doing to keep his legacy alive. Really wonderful. Well, John, thank you for loving Dan and loving his music and uh, acknowledging the fact that um, music is something that uh, keeps us going. As Dan, um, Dan has a lot of has a lot of quotes that he always told me from other musicians, and I think it was Art Blakey that said, "Music washes away the dust of life." I'm not quoting it properly, John, but it's something about what music does to our heart and soul. So thank you for um, spreading the word about Dan and his celebration of love and life and his foundation. I appreciate it. I'm grateful. That was Judy Woods, the longtime girlfriend of celebrated jazz trumpeter Dan Miller, who passed away last year. Once again, a celebration of love and life concert in honor of Dan Miller takes place this coming Sunday, February 12th at North Naples Church at 2 p.m. That event is free and open to the public. For more about Dan Miller's career and impact, or to learn more about the Dan Miller Jazz Foundation, visit danmillerjazzfoundation.org. If you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org gcl, or subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director is Richard Chinqui. Our social media coordinator is Tara Calligan. 
for now. Thanks for listening. I'm John Davis. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO, Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida. Before we go, though, we're going to listen back to a little music and conversation with Dan Miller from when he joined us to perform live in studio in a 2019 episode of this program. In that episode, Dan performed with Lou Delgado, Jerry Stosky, Tony Vigilante, and Brandon Robertson as the Brandon Robertson Quintet. They were playing selections from Robertson's debut album based on a true story. Let's listen. I want to keep the vocal mic over on this side of the room for a minute because I'd love to talk to Dan and Lou for a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I know that the two of you performed uh, as a duo down here for a number of years uh, before forming the quartet. And I was curious about, I, I guess, how you found Brandon. Had you decided you wanted to do the quartet before you met him? And this is Dan. Hi. Um, well, I had known uh, Leon Anderson, uh, the great drummer. Uh, from his work with Wynton Marsalis and Ellis Marsalis for uh, probably since 1990 or 1989. And, of course, Scotty Barnhart, who now leads the Count Basie Orchestra, the great trumpeter, and they both are comprise the faculty at Florida State. And uh, Brandon's wife had graduated the year before and was down working in Immokalee for Habitat for Humanity and uh, Brandon was finishing his last year of his master's. And uh, so he was planning on moving down here, and uh, I got a call from Leon and Scotty, and they put us in touch with Brandon, so this wonderful young bassist is going to be moving to southwest Florida from Tallahassee, and we want to put him in touch with you. And so while he was completing his master's and he would come down and uh, visit his family and his wife's family, um, we would uh, try to find a spot for him to get together and play with us on weekends. And uh, so that started. And when he moved down here full time, it just so happened to coincide uh, that summer with um, the people at the barrel room, um, Steve and Denise Hollister. They got blues on Friday and Saturday and they wanted to start jazz on a Thursday. So they reached out, and uh, we thought uh, the place is intimate, and uh, we want to use four pieces and, and uh, a little more freedom, trumpet, tenor, bass, and drums. And uh, we thought of uh, including Brandon on this thing, and we've been running over there uh, every Thursday since uh, June 2016. So that's how that... Uh, partnership started right after he moved to town and uh, we've been playing together quite a bit on a lot of different formations yeah, I, I still distinctly remember the first time I walked into the barrel room on a Thursday night and just being blown away and it just it felt like uh, that traditional style jazz club that I, I used to patronize when I lived back up in Pittsburgh. Um, and it, it's not something that, I mean, maybe I'm wrong here. You guys would know better than me, but uh, I don't see a whole lot of venues that uh, allow for what you guys do every Thursday. It's a completely unique entity in this area. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times we play a lot of great places, but uh, they're more, they could be a supper club or uh, a different type of venue where what's happening down there at the Barrel Room on Thursdays, it's a straight-up uh, jazz gig, just like you would see in New York or Chicago or, like you said, to Pittsburgh, yeah. where we can hit it 
um, from the very beginning and play hard with high intensity all night. And I think that's what appeals to everybody uh, because they they enjoy our music wherever we play. But down there, uh, we can play hardcore bebop, which we can't do everywhere we work. Right. Uh, let's go ahead and hear our uh, next to last song. And this one is The Pursuit? Yes. Okay. Pursuit. 